you do your roux in a microwave. This gut is beautiful and it's full of gumbo. Nick Saban puts tomatoes in his gumbo. Welcome to the Gumbo Show. Gumbo is a way of life. It is gumbo time, ladies and gentlemen, once again back. The only show dedicated to the best food ever created anywhere in the universe. That is right. That's right. We are here to talk about gumbo, the perfect bowl of protein and rice or potato salad, whichever you prefer. Oh. We're going to talk about all of it tonight. And tonight, your three hosts, me, Fame and Roberts here in Southeast Louisiana. I'm the original variant. I'm joined by the Delta and Omicron variants of Gumbo Talk, Brent Barksdale, North Texas, Dave Huguenel in Northern Virginia. What's happening, fellas? I think the only one sick here is Dave. <laughs> yeah, I've he got- He doesn't have Corona. I've got some sort of variant. I don't know what I'm cooking over here, but CDC, <laughs> watch out. I got something new for you. Yeah, better get over there and sequence so. whatever's living inside Dave's body right now. And dude, I'm- I'm jealous of you guys too. I don't know if, about y'all, but uh, I'm snowed in up here in uh, Northern Virginia. We got like yeah. a good like half foot of snow today. Wow. Uh, which, which, by the way, when you're like a one-legged guy with a prosthetic, like snow on the ground, that is <laughs> that's, that's a, that is dangerous. It's dicey. Like, that is, yeah, that's that's like my uh, my version of Ninja Warrior is like going outside <laughs> to take out the trash. <laughs> good, Dave. That's uh, that's Dave's other podcast, by the way, One Legged with a Prosthesis in Snow. It's, uh, <laughs> it's just a show dedicated to talking about that. Well, guys, you already know this, but our listeners don't know. We are joined tonight live from the Armadillo Den in the Austin, Texas area. Is it in Austin or actually in Austin area? Is it actually inside Austin city limits? We're, we're just calling it Travis County. That's fine. Okay. All right. Travis County. from Live from Travis County. One of our uh, the show's best friends, Brett Berry, and the uh, the proprietor of the Armadillo Den and the host of the BT's seventh annual Gumbo Cookoff. Brett, welcome to the show. Howdy, boys. Good to see you all again. I'm glad to be here, and uh, as always, glad to be the Texas variant that throws a, a loop right. in the hole here. Is Brett our first repeat guest? Uh, I think he is. I think he is. Oh boy! Uh, Look at that! Look at—he's blushing. He's blushing. I uh, I appreciate it. The thought—the thought that the Gumbo Show's first repeat would be a Texas boy who talked to you guys about putting tomatoes Tomatoes. the first time—is—is actually I don't know. I think that you guys want to—you you know—we want to go down that hole again. We'll talk about it later. That's fine. Yeah, but (laughs) but you did—you did did host. You hosted a Gumbo competition, which is kind of a big deal in our world. Absolutely. We can, we can dive into all these gumbo activities whenever you're ready, boys. We are here for it. Thank you all for having me, though. We, I do appreciate it. I well, love having you. And, and let's just get right into the competition. Can we start there? Because I had such sure. a blast awesome. when I was out there. So Tell us about it. Let's go, Dave. Well, so I, I'll give like my – so I know Brent has been to the Armadillo Den several times. That was my first time showing up. Now, Armadillo Den, I guess it's a bar. It's a music venue. I mean, it's more of like an experience though. Like I've just, I haven't been to that many places like that. Just this huge outdoor area. Everyone have a great time. And then I get to like where, so you're doing a gumbo competition, uh, gumbo cook-off. And then, and it was for charity, right? It was, right. it was for a cause. Yep. What, what was the charity for again? O- Operation Turkey. And again, we'll dive in a little bit more, but Brian Tolbert, BT, as he's more formally known in the, the gumbo cook-off world, 
um, has been running this charity for seven years, like you said earlier, the seventh annual. Um, and we, we raised almost $3,000 this year. And again, it, you, you saw how many people were there. This wasn't our, you know, our biggest and brightest with everything going on. And our parking lot is annoying. Um, we had a great year. And then again, we've had this a couple of years. Operation Turkey, though, they, they served tens of thousands of people during uh, Thanksgiving week for Thanksgiving meals they wouldn't have. So shout out to Brian and all the, the work they do at Operation Turkey here in Austin. Yeah, it was and it was great meeting Brian and, and the rest of the gang there. And yeah, it was just it was a it was a solid cookoff. I mean, it was I would say, you know, because we've done a couple of competitions now and I'll kick it over to Brent in a second. But my first takeaway was the sheer variety of gumbo and types of gumbo for what was a relatively small group of people. I mean, yeah. we were at we were at a competition earlier this year that I think had like 50 different entries. Right. Yeah. This was obviously a fraction of that. But within that fraction, like you had this massive variety of different styles, different proteins, different types of root. Like it was just really, really cool that each bowl was so different and unique. So I really dug that. Yeah. Brent, you want to uh, go? No, it was great. (laughs) Brett, kind of tell us um, if you want to give us a little more history on the competition or, uh, you know, go ahead. So, yeah, we've had the competition at uh, Rustic Tap the last two years in Austin, Texas as well, downtown. It's just a little bit small for the, the, the amount of people that it's kind of grown to. And, again, that's that's just speaking to Brian and the work that they've done in Operation Turkey. Um, and also, the like you said, the, the great gumbos and the, the different styles that we have here in Austin. Before that, we had it at Key Bar, which is right next to Rustic Tap on West 6th. And that was the first, uh, I believe, three years they had it. The next three years were at uh, Rustic Tap, and this is the first year we had Armadillo. And... You know, you brought it up. We only had, I think, seven competitors. And, you know, we usually look for about 12 or 14 for for what we do here. And, again, a, a competition like y'all been to with over 50, I'm sure, you know, is is more exciting and there's a lot more going on. But for what we have here in Austin and, and kind of the ability for us to throw a good event, about 12 or 15 is about the most we can have. Otherwise, we need to get, like, the sheriff involved and find extra parking and all that other stuff. Um, but – I could talk about the competitors all day. Um, you know, you got uh, Sarah won this year with with BT a tie. We only have one rule, and the rule is you only announce the winner. That's the only rule we've ever had. It's like second place doesn't matter, third place doesn't matter. You only announce the winner, and this is the first year we've ever had a tie, which was unique. And we usually don't allow that, but Sarah and BT had both been doing this competition for over four years. Neither of them have won, but both of them have probably been the most passionate about this whole thing. And, and we thought it was a nice fair way to start this off at Armadillo then with them being a tie. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd love to dive into as much of our competition as y'all. Yeah. Like. I have some questions, but I think maybe we couldn't figure out how to break the tie, but anyway, but yeah, let's talk. Maybe, but math's hard, man. Math's, yeah. math's probably not our strong. Math suit. is very hard. Uh, but look, it, we had real scoring sheets. It was scientific. So they really did tie. Uh, so we can either do two things. We can talk about the individual gumbos, which there was a ton of variety, which was awesome. Yep. And, or, but before we do that, do you, can you tell us about the celebrity chef that was there? She was actually at my table. Uh, we had a celebrity chef. Oh, no, dive into that. I don't know her as well as I, as I, as you might. So hit it. Yeah, no, I don't either. I just know that I was in awe of her knowledge and <laughs> yeah. I was like, I, Why? I think- I'm not worthy to be at this table because she run, <laughs> she, she trained in different countries and she was an apprentice to very famous chefs. She, yeah, she was a restaurant like, in Austin. Yeah, she was like a chef in Sweden, and yeah. like was it like like owned a re- or operated a restaurant in New York, and she was like going through all these like very technical yeah like terms as she was tasting all the gumbos. <laughs> and I was just like, 
I was like, yeah, it's just yummy in my tummy. Yeah, it's like yummy. It. I wish, I yeah, wish you guys so. could just. I wish there was a, a third part, like person involved here that could tell you what the conversation at the other table, which was like all my LSU boys, yeah, the LSU dudes. Like, it, was, it was not any of that. Like, I can yeah. promise you, the LSU boys were like, well, my grandma makes something. It's yeah, kind of like, like there's no. No, our table was like, legit. Uh, we had another guy yeah. at our table that yeah. ran a restaurant as well. So we had yeah, me and had Dave. Y'all were my. We had my the, table. Yeah, you hooked us up. But the best part was uh, the winner, um, her gumbo, and we can talk about her gumbo. It had guinea, guinea necks, fowl, guinea, guinea fowl. fowl, you know, <laughs> et, et, necks, uh, just pieces, hearts. But the best part is she put one of the bowls she served at our table had one of the necks in it and tried okay. to give it to me. All right. I immediately gave it to the celebrity <laughs> chef and she dug in. She loved it, I'm sure. It was awesome to watch her eat that. Sarah is who you're talking about. Yeah, Sarah's awesome. She's one of my favorite people in Austin, Texas. And she is not only as good as good as she is at making gumbo. Gumbo is is an event. You know, it's a whole step by step. And there's also some visual portion to it where like you may be a little off because it's too cooking too fast or too slow, whatever it may be. Um, She is all that and more for the company that she works for here in town, which is I think it's Waterloo Group. Sarah, if I'm wrong, I'm sorry. I'll let you know. Y'all should definitely have her on. She's had some of the. Oh, most- we're gonna. I got her number. I, yeah, I, she's not next. only not only is she she does unique. She works so hard at this. I mean, she she's so busy throughout the year as a a uh, event planner for their group, but also she she does much more than that. And to try to break down what she does is like trying to ask what an entrepreneur does. There's so much more to it. But when she does her gumbo competition, she treats it just like she does an event, or just like she does. She she, she takes her her uh, professionalism. Uh, to that and she she does such a good job it's it's i had a squirrel gumbo from her have you ever had squirrel anybody okay you have yeah i have had squirrel. I mean, not growing not up gumbo. i've had squirrel okay i'd never had it before and we did it maybe three years ago and kind of the same thing you said with the neck it's like i was eating having a great time little gamey that's okay i expect it it's squirrel and i got a i got a little toothpick of a rib or something and i pulled it out and i was like mm, sarah i think we're done here like that's that's all <laughs> going with the squirrel gumbo but but no she's had several years of really really complex and unique gumbos and she's just she just loves this event man she has cool. so much other shit stuff she can do can i add to this so basically so uh this the celebrity chef was chef joe chan yeah and she and actually runs a restaurant in the group that that Sarah works for. Okay, which right? is by the way, like some really good groups. Yeah. So. so Joe, I remember saying that. So she had to kind of approve the order. So they ordered it through. The, so she approved the guinea, and she's like, you know, as part of their supply for the week or whatever. <laughs> so she had to sign off on it. Yeah. She's so like, was, why are we getting this? Like, yeah. What is this crap? And to that point. <clears throat> so. Just to dive in a little bit more, we had a couple of guys. Here. Brian was one of them. The last three years we've done this event, a seafood gumbo has won. A dark roux seafood gumbo, like you guys don't like, with a claw usually hanging off the side and rice and the whole thing. And we didn't do rice for the judges this year based off of our conversation we had earlier this year. Um, but to that point, it was always kind of just like the most expensive gumbo won. So this year, I think you saw like kind of the 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 – retrospect of what the last three or four years has, has happened you saw these guys just being like well watch me spend as much money as i can on this and a lot of them had the same thing where lobster 
Lots. That was our first guy, uh, Brian, I think is his name, at Swift's Attic. And I, yeah. Brian, I apologize, but yeah. Swift's Attic has been a restaurant in Austin that's been a yep. staple it's for amazing. over a decade. And I mean, I go there and eat lunch. At, I have the, the, they call it the uh, the bowling alley burger, which is, I mean, every bowling alley burger, but I mean, you can, it, it's a super delicious place. They know what they're doing. He's been yeah. doing his, his, his chef world for a long time. And this is, it's just cool to see all the stuff he did. He also did a, I'm thinking more about his popcorn okra than I'm Yeah, his it. okra. Yeah. yeah. How did he do that? I was about to bring that up. It was a dehydrated okra. Okay. Yeah. We've all had, well, maybe not all of us, but I've had dehydrated okra that you can buy at like H-E-B in the little package. Yeah. Oh yeah, I like that. This was actually fried okra, fried with batter. Yep. Then he dehydrated. Yeah. So the batter and the fried okra were both yeah. guys. If it was... Would, but he had a lobster good. stock. Like he did, so he had good. lobster. He had this okra deal. Uh, it, I'm, I'm sure he was upset because he put a lot of, of his comp, not his money, but you know, like his so, company's money into it. Like I remember uh, his, I remember his gumbo being pretty good. Like I, I had nothing to. It knock had a sweetness to it because the lobster. But like honestly, like what blew me away with his, and I absolutely loved, was the dehydrated fried okra. Yeah, so and like I, I told, I told him, I was like, honestly, like that could be like an appetizer at a restaurant by itself, right? Yeah. Like get like a, a little like sauce a, on it. Yeah, so, get like a little like ramelade to like put next to that and dip it in. It'd be amazing. This, again, like just to go back to what these guys do at Swift's Attic is like one of their appetizers is uh, pop rocks edamame. Okay, so they they order pop rocks. I see your, your eye moving over there, Sammy, like the eye, like pipped up. Yeah. Pop yeah. rocks. In I'm a listening. Yes. I know. This is, uh, you haven't, you weren't here and I'm, I'm so sorry you weren't because this, this first little bit might be a little bit of us yeah. three, going. but they ordered pop rocks in a bag. And what's funny in a story that Swift Addicts guys talk about all the time is the first orders they got, they got held up at customs for a long time and they couldn't get these pop rocks in because they're flavorless pop rocks. But because they're pop rocks, if you add any liquid at all, they become an explosive. So basically you can make like a pop rocks bomb. And so they would hold them up at customs for a long time when they would try to order these things. But all they were doing was just sprinkling this like pop rocks, unflavored sensation over edamame, like they would salt or anything else and put it in your mouth. And you, when you would eat edamame and you'd pull it off, you get that salt with it. And that pop rock would pop in your mouth. Insane. It was so cool. And so you get a guy like that and you say, all right, gumbo. And you give him his opportunity to show off his knowledge and skills and creativity and you get dehydrated fried okra on top. And yeah, I think that's, what's been cool about ours here in Austin is yes, we are not from Louisiana. Yes. We only have a few people like Sarah who are like going to take family recipes and make them their own and try to do something cool with them. But then you also get guys from Swift's attic that come in and do something like that and then put their own twist on it. So it's been a lot of fun to see people over the years, like, change and pivot and move and see like well i've gotten fourth five years in a row so i'm gonna do something else like this year i did something else same yeah thing. yeah i want to talk I, about dave go ahead i want to go back to sarah's really quick i mean not so i loved her gumbo i actually think i might have ranked that one as my favorite overall uh but shout out to sarah specifically because prior to her serving her gumbo she was actually serving blood boudin at her booth yes sir which, <laughs> which not not only yep. that it was boudin, which is as someone that doesn't live in Louisiana, like that's one of the things I miss the most because you can't find it. Yep. But it was blood boudin. Yeah. So it was like like as soon as I saw that on her table, I was like, okay, she is from Louisiana. She knows what's up. Deep. deep. And so yeah. to, to, to speak on that, I mean, BT has preached since day one of this tournament, this tournament, this this event, 
this has nothing to do with gumbo. This has everything to do with us getting together and cooking what we want for each other. And somebody's going to win. And we're going to talk a little bit of smack and we're going to, you know, have bragging rights for a year. But it's more about us having fun because we get there at like 9.30 a.m. And we don't serve until about 3.30. And that's a long time to be at a bar with your buddies, you know, talking gumbo and, and eating. So he always encourages people to bring some extra stuff. Um, you know, I, I usually bring like some jerky or something and because I don't want to get out of my role. But the, the Louisiana guys, they have their, this is boudin from blank. And this is my boudin from my buddy blank. And this is, you know, Sarah has her, her blood sausage. We've done different stuffed quail. I mean, it's crazy. It's, it's really fun, man. It, it, and I, I don't know. It, it's been a cool experience for us to be a part of here, but it's also really cool to get to, get to experience. People get excited about it that, that are, their jobs are so important in our, our hierarchy of hospitality for them to be excited about spending a whole Friday, Saturday, Sunday with us to cook and hang out and get a little bit of their you know history passed on is just a cool experience for everybody. You mentioned the quail eggs. She also served the. Oh, I forgot about the quail eggs. The, was it mustard? What was the was flavoring? The, he dipped them in like just straight, uh, like like a coarse mustard. Yeah. And just said, "Pop it in your mouth." And and she put that with each bowl of gumbo had a quail egg to serve with it. I mean, she went all out. She she with the guinea talking, fowl. These guys have been since you said year seven. These guys have been doing it since year one. I mean, some of these guys have really been doing this every single year yeah. shout out to Wu Chow and, and, and CK CK and those guys have been giving us pounds which rice isn't expensive we get it but like pounds probably 30 40 pounds of rice for free every year wow. just to make sure that our event goes off without a hitch and, and I mean yeah it's 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 a really yeah. cool thing and I'm glad y'all y'all really took the time Sarah y'all should y'all gotta talk to her yeah, I'll text her I got a number it's just uh, cool to, to hear it all and armadillo den was the perfect venue it just spread out um Thank you. No offense to the other venue. I've only been to the uh, Rustic Tap and it was just, but I think there was just more space and yeah. it was just, there's like a, a like a, the perfect area to cook yeah. and the, everybody else can kind of hang out until it's time to eat. So it was good. I think the, the clientele understands gumbo a little better down here too. They, they have a little more respect for something that takes more than a couple hours to make. Than you mean the downtown? Downtown. Austin. I got, I, uh, we did this funny thing. I'll get a little quick story. Uh, we did, Two years ago, you were there. We did it down at Rustic Tap, and uh, we did we, you know, it was during COVID. And it was kind of crazy, and we had everybody sit down, and I was actually like hand delivering gumbo, and I was running around like a crazy person. And we gave a lot of people in the crowd like your, their own judging scores, like, hey man, like give us your feedback on A through you know one through ten. And what we ended up having was a bunch of people who did not know what they were talking about, just yelling about gumbo and things that flavor stuff they didn't have a clue about and it was it was frustrating so even the people who came and enjoyed gumbo this year you could tell definitely were more excited about it being here and we still saw some familiar faces from downtown but it's been nice yeah i just like to say fame and you're killing this episode you're awesome it's a shame you couldn't make it to austin to be a part of this I, uh, next year you got to go you got to come out to austin fame you guys are absolutely killing me like yeah. with talk of quail eggs and I know. dehydrated hey but frozen uh fried okra yeah i mean yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to comment i haven't been out there i know that texas is sort of the home of down home kind of stuff but this sounds like a bunch of fancy gumbo yeah. Wow. Well, well, let's talk about Brett. Brett. Whenever you're ready Brett, to talk Brett, about tell us about your Wranglers got a little <laughs> tight, and Brett is the opposite. Fancy. So yeah. Brett went the opposite way. 
So go ahead, tell us about your gumbo, Brett, and then me and Dave will tell everybody me, about your gumbo. Let me tell you guys a little story about a guy who who has a lot of bars opening and doesn't have a lot of time on his hands, and his girlfriend lives out of town. So <laughs> my girlfriend came into town. Hold on a second. Weekend. I'm sorry. This sounds like a country song. Could you put a little twangy <laughs> guitar behind this? And- open this door over here. We could probably get a little of this music in, and I could put some tune to it. I hey, where's Jack? Jack was supposed to play today, so he could That's probably go. That's true. All right. Getting going. Well, my girlfriend came into town. I knew we had to do gumbo anyways, whatever. I mean, I, I kind of had it on my to-do list, but, you know, I'm, my girlfriend lives uh, in Dallas, so I didn't have a lot of time. I ended up staying up the night before, all night making gumbo and basically buying my gumbo the day before. And I knew the girl who had beat me the last two years from uh, Rosewood. She's amazing. She's great. She's done great this year. We had all always done a seafood gumbo, dark roux and, and shrimp and crab and the whole nine yards. And I was like, this year, I'm not going to do that because one, even if, even if I win, everyone's just going to say she's going to come back next year and beat me. And then it's like, well, it's just because she wasn't here. So I decided, I was like, I'm just not going to do that. I'm going to make my, like, I want to make a chicken and sausage gumbo, which I'd never done and try to do it. And I took a lot of notes from you guys making a nice dark roux. You know, making a little bit spicy. I used to, we we have a conversation we need to have later about stringy chicken versus not stringy. Jump line with, I'll carry the way. But I'd love to have that conversation if we have time. And um, one thing, I will say the one thing we did this year that we don't normally do is we let the contestants talk about their gumbo. And usually it's a kind of third party person bringing your gumbos in numbered one through whatever, nine, 10, eight. And you just judge it off of your plate of gumbo, and that's all you get to know. And I didn't feel like that was – I still don't feel like that's fair, knowing the hard work, like you guys talked about earlier, that people put into the gumbo. How many people would have ate that dehydrated fried okra on top and not know what that was? And they'd be like, this guy has served me dry okra. And you're like, no, dude, it's dehydrated fried okra. I wouldn't know. I've never had one. So I mean, I think that is dry okra, to be honest. Yeah. It's fair. I, I mean, mean I don't have a lot of like. So, just to recap, so the girl that won it the last couple of times uh, could not be a part of the competition. So Brett was feeling good; he thought he was going to win, but I then didn't know I was going to win. But I knew I wasn't going to win. Knew he had a good way. shot, but then he went the opposite. And let's just make a simple you know, chicken and sausage. Yeah, so I, I so uh, I simmered anyway. my chicken thighs. I actually went to a little Mexican meat market down here that I, I enjoy a lot. I bought some chicken feet. I bought some pork, like they call them trotters, but they're sliced trotters. And then I bought, I didn't even know until I was done ordering, to be honest with you. And they had like quarts of pork broth for sale, oh. like for tamales. And I yeah. just didn't even see it. I, I wouldn't have wasted my time on the trotters. But I, <clears throat> I had talked to a guy on the gumbo show a couple months earlier. He had discussed a gumbo that had a, half and half broth of pork and chicken and I, seafood well was there it, was a pork and chicken but we also did some we did a, a crab boil we mixed the 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 chicken broth with some seafood broth or like oh, okay. a crab boil See, then, but yeah but mixing the broths is smart my yeah and i think a, a little mix and it kind of like i didn't even think about mixing broths like and i i, I honestly i threw kind of all that in a pot to mix a broth guys let's also bring up this was 1 a.m all right yeah. So I threw a pot of my chicken thighs with a, what I, in my head was like pork broth with some spice to it. 
Then I had my chicken broth with pork trotters and pork broth in it. And then I had my actual broth. And this was at, you know, 1 to 4 a.m. while yeah. I was cooking my roux. I saw it on Instagram. I saw you making it. Yeah, pretty awesome. Yeah. I can highly recommend out-of-town relationships. Long-distance relationships will make you do things like make yeah. pork, you know, uh, pork broth so, at 5 a.m. So let's talk about your gumbo. Mm-hmm. Um, so the taste was actually amazing. Thank you. But, but what hurts you, of course, was the oil on top. It was very... There was a lot of it. <laughs> it's hot and it's oily. And when you make uh, a bunch of pork, anything, you're going to get. Yeah. Some- so I think appearance is what harmed you. It wasn't the taste. I, I will say this. And I, I wrote this down too. I think when you do like a contest, you have to think of is the comp, is the competition portion. Is it more important to make sure that people don't add things they're not supposed to, or is time help the product in my head? It's like, could you do a gumbo cook-off where you bring everybody the day, like you cook everything the day before, but you bring your product in the next day. Does it matter? You know what I mean? Because we put everything in the pot. You can make your broth. You can make your roux. You can pre-chop anything you want, but you have to bring it all in at 10 a.m. and you got to start cooking. And for me, I'd never made that before. Knowing what I know now, I actually made it kind of, kind of yeah. made it my own version the other day. And I was like, dude, I'm straining the hell out of this broth on, or this uh, grease on top. It's too hot. And it's also just too much fat. There's no good way to like cook a gumbo outside and also like let it rest, <laughs> skim the top, get all the fat off and then rewarm it in like a four and a half, six hour period. Yeah. So I think that kind of hurts. Um, and, and I actually thought after we talked, Brent was, I was like, maybe, maybe. That's why I've been doing so well with the seafood gumbo is because there's not as much pork fat. There's not as much fat. Ah, and I think if I can bring something to TB, Brian or BT, you listening, Brian, Brian? Maybe. I think, that, I think that we should bring the gumbo portion back to like, let's make it the night before. Let's make everybody bring a product they're happy with. We lost maybe four competitors this year. Um, Dave, you talked about it earlier. Like we had a lot of really unique and good gumbos. Some people don't want to play ball with that. And we saw that this year. Like there were people that messaged us the night before and they're like, my roux and my broth are not up to standards and we're not going to compete this year. And like, we got that morning of, yeah. and that's frustrating yeah. for everybody. Cause we want to try 14 gumbos, but there's people that don't want to walk out here and not do a good job. So, well, here's what I'll say. One, uh, I agree with your, your, with Brent, your gumbo was really good, but here's, Here's the analogy I'm going to try to use on this is if gumbo were women, Sarah's gumbo. Oh, no. <laughs> I just like to go ahead and distance right now. Hold on, Hold on. gentlemen. Hold right, on. This is the day here's, show. Here's, here's, here's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> if gumbo were women, Sarah's You're gumbo. You're about to lose that other leg, brother. I, I might be. I might be. Sarah's gumbo is is the gumbo you take to church on Sunday and, and introduce to your parents. Your gumbo is the gumbo that you, that you take out on a date on Friday night. Like uh, oh, th- that's that that uh, is, and I mean that I mean that as a compliment, but I also think that's probably the reason that that gumbo didn't do well in a competition. Is I think a gumbo yeah. competition, you're looking for like that Sunday church introduced to your parents gumbo. You're not looking for that wild and crazy Friday night gumbo. So Brett Brett's gumbo is tender gumbo. Yes. Um and 
And the gumbo oh, there is, is, is Christian are, Mingle. Yeah, so, Christian Mingle. Yeah, yeah like <laughs> plenty like, of fish. I mean, if I, if I see or, your gumbo on Tinder, I'm definitely like, what are they? What do you or do? Or J Date, right? J-Date's I don't know how, fine too. I don't know how it works. <laughs> yeah, know, I, me, I, I, inter- I, I introduced my gumbo as the dirty, yes, nasty, did. like when you're drunk right? and hungover. When you're drunk and hungover, because I I think I went second or third behind two people who are very well spoken. And to, like describe their gumbo in such a beautiful, eloquent way. Like I used a beef fat tallow, yes. and I'm like, I used a uh, lard for a yeah. dollar. Pig feet, and like I used some pig feet, and like, and I think there's a beauty to like making that taste good, and that's cool to me. But for sure, you're not wrong. I, I enjoy all that. I, I I mean, I was upfront about my my direction the whole time. Right. So yeah. this is what we're gonna need to do. Let's go. Uh, we're going to have to, I want to talk about chicken and your chicken. And that's going to take at least six to eight minutes. And we only right, have so. three more minutes on our cheap zoom. Okay. So uh, we're going to make this a two parter. If that's okay with you, Brett, we'll yeah, be fast got, on the chicken. I got nothing to do. So uh, Feynman, tell us goodbye. And then we're going to be back for a part two. Ladies and gentlemen, that is going to conclude part one of the epic armadillo den tender Valdez gumbo talk with Brett Berry, Austin Gumbo legend. Join us soon for part two. Until then, hit us on our socials. You know where they're at. I'm not going to recite it. And may your roofs be dark and your bowls be full. Bye.